everyone. Thanks for taking the time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Summer camp provides everyone involved a great deal of fun and a surprising amount of learning. Yes, it's actually true. You can have a blast while learning things that will help you later in life. It doesn't matter whether you're a seven-year-old first-time camper, a 16-year-old CIT, a college-age staff member, or a year-round professional with more than two decades under your belt. There's always a lot to learn at summer camp. The idea behind this podcast is to shine a light on some of those lessons learned at summer camp and figure out how we can apply them to our lives back home. I hope you'll hear a few bits of summer camp wisdom that you can put to work immediately in your daily life. So about 18 months ago, Kate, my father-in-law, Steve, the boys, and I spent what I would call a transformative eight days at an orphanage in Kenya. We saw and experienced total joy as well as the lowest level of poverty I've ever been around. And I say that having once served meals to people who lived in a Tijuana dump. The connections that we built with the kids and with the staff in Kenya continue to this day. We continue to think about them, pray for them, and do as much as we can for them. My good friend David Miller, who owns and operates Camp Starlight down the road from us, returned from a similar trip to Africa completely on fire. I had worked closely with David for almost 10 years at that point, and I had never seen him that engaged, that enthused, that excited about anything else, except for his family and Camp Starlight. He had spent a week serving as a swimming counselor at Camp Sizanani, a summer camp for children affected by HIV and AIDS in South Africa. David returned to the U.S. a man on a mission. During the next several weeks, David was kind enough to introduce me to the executive director of Global Camps Africa, Mrs. Emily Crowder. Now, full disclosure, Emily is now also a Camp Quake parent, so you'll hear some references uh, to camp in our coming conversation. We've had a great time learning more about camps here at the Campfire Conversation, mostly from camps in the United States and in Canada. This is a fantastic opportunity to learn more about the good that's being done in Africa through the efforts of Global Camps Africa. I hope you'll enjoy this great conversation with my friend, Emily Crowder. Emily Crowder, I'm so happy to have you around the campfire. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So I've had a lot of fun with your son, Oliver, uh, around the campfire at, at our camp. We've had a, a blast for his first three-week foray into camp last summer. But you've actually been around, well, you've been around the campfires, but you've also helped develop campfires, not only in the United States, but also in Africa. That's true. That's true. So I went to camp as a child. Um, and so I fell in love with the experience of camp and what it meant to me. Um, and then I sort of went, went into the field that I'm in now, which is um, HIV prevention and specifically pediatric HIV, um, and sort of didn't, didn't see the connection to camp, although I should have all along. Um, And and as I sort of made my way through my career and found my the best way to interact with kids and to change their behaviors and influence them and empower them really is through this vehicle of camp. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we do. We take sort of the Western style experience of camp, you know, like where we're used to here in the United States, and we we use that vehicle and those tools to uh, change the lives of some um, HIV-affected children in South Africa specifically, but all over Sub-Saharan Africa. 
Got it. All right. So I didn't know how far, you know, reaching the, the group was. I actually have um, two wonderful college teammates. I'm looking at a picture of them right now from Zimbabwe, which is just north yeah. um, there um, uh, from South Africa. So you you do pulling kids from not only South Africa, but, but lots of different places. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, we have dear friends in Zim and partners there. And and so it's interesting. The, the way that we have worked um, our camp program is that we love the idea of starting the campfire and then helping it to spread. And so we train mm-hmm. the trainers, mm-hmm. we give them the tools that they need to be able to do this work, and then we launch them out into their own spaces. And, and in some cases, what that means is, you know, we we go to a place, for example, um, in Lesotho or in Uganda or in Zim, um, mm-hmm. and we, we do a camp, we train the team, and we do the first session of camp with them, and then they're launched, and we're just sort of background technical support for them um, after that. But um, also, sometimes it means that we go and we do we do the camp program mm-hmm. in that place, and sometimes we do it year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends upon the capability of the partner and their comfort level in sort of doing doing things the way that we do it. But it's called we call it the Sizanani effect. So it's a sort of knock-on effect that we have, you know, we come and train you and then you put it in your cultural context and you solve the problems that your campers mm-hmm. need help with. So it's, um, yeah, it's all over Sub-Saharan Africa. So it's Sizanani. Sizanani, yes. All right. Awesome. All right. That's a great word. Um, so and yeah. now are, are all the children who come to your camps HIV positive? No, so it's much more the case that we are working with HIV-affected rather than infected children. And so um, in the communities where we draw our campers from, um, almost every child is affected by HIV and touched in some way by the epidemic. Um, just because South Africa has the largest HIV number of HIV affected people in the world, the largest wow. epidemic in the world. And so you can imagine that in these vulnerable communities, particularly, there's a concentration of affected children and youth. And so those are the communities where we reach. Some of our, our children are HIV positive, um, mm-hmm. but we don't ask because okay. The only reason it's important to us is if they show up and they need medication. And so, you know, they they would receive their medication through our clinic. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's not a pre-qualifier. It's all about learning how to prevent HIV infection, learning how to destigmatize HIV mm-hmm. in, in their communities, and learning how to live positively if you are HIV infected. You can still live a long and healthy, happy life. That's awesome. All right. And so, and, and all this is done in the KEPS camp setting. And yeah. I agree with you. Obviously, it's a great way to connect with kids and to educate kids because you capture them and you build a community. But why did it start that way? Or, or did it start that way? It did start that way. And the it reason, did? Yes. And the reason it started that way is is named Philip Lilienthal. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know if you know Phil, um, but he's a legend in the camp world here in the U.S. And he um, his, he came from a camp family. His dad um, owned and ran Camp Winnebago in Maine. Got it. And, All right. So that's uh, why I know the name. Okay. Yes. And you would know his son who now um, runs Camp Winnebago in Maine. Um, and so Phil, this is such an interesting story. And, and there's lots about this on our website if you want to learn more and see some mm-hmm. pictures. But Phil actually, so he grew up coming to camp. He was a camp kid. Um, and then uh, he went to law school. And um, he and his wife um, 
decided that they were going to join the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. And they went. he went into the Peace Corps as an attorney, right? He That was his practice area. He went to Ethiopia mm-hmm. in the early 70s. And it was a time of uh, a tremendous amount of sort of class strife in Ethiopia. And there was a political will to try to bring the children of different classes together. And so the Peace Corps was sort of looking around thinking, how do we work toward this, solving this problem? And they looked at Phil and they said, wait, you run camp, you do it. And so <laughs> he, he didn't come to the Peace Corps to run camp, but it's, it's, anybody knows the Peace Corps. It's like, if you've, if you've ever done it, the Peace Corps is going to ask you to do it um, at a big scale. And so he ran the very first camp in Ethiopia, um, and it was enormously successful in doing just what you're talking about, sort of connecting with kids and bringing them together and breaking down barriers. And so he had that experience. He came back to the States. He ran, and actually they moved all over the world. Uh, All of their children were born on different continents, which is wow. Um, But they, um, he always knew that he wanted to go back um, to Africa and do this as his thing, you know? And so once he moved on from running Camp Winnebago and was ready to have his encore career, mm-hmm. he started in 2003, um, Global Camps Africa, and um, we had our first camp in 2004. Wow, that is, boy, what an encore career. And in fact, I've yeah. never even heard that term, but that's a great idea. <laughs> it is so real. And I'm telling you, he works for this organization 40, 50, 60 hours a week still. Wow. That is and he's totally unpaid. He does it because it's his passion work and it's, it's really inspiring. Oh, that's amazing. So how, how similar and how different would Global Camp Africa, the experience for the kids be to what Oliver is experiencing at, at camp and, and kids all over the United States are, are experiencing? Yeah. So I love this question specifically because you can come to camp as a camper in South Africa um, only once. Oh, so okay. that's that's one of the major differences in what we um, experience here in the United States as kids who sort of um, we send our kids and we I went to camp you know every summer mm-hmm. um, and if you're lucky you get to go more than once right um, yep in our setting it's it, we really there are so many children who need our help need this particular intervention that we set up camps so that. You go once and have this really deep, anchoring, immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, we created this follow-on programming so that um, you're getting um, every other week, you're going into a club setting in your community and you get the um, the sort of um, follow-up from camp, the reinforcement of the lessons you learn from camp, the reconnection with your camp counselors Mm -hmm. um, and with the kids who were um, in camp with you. And so... Um, probably the biggest difference is that you go one time um, yeah. to Gibbs and Nani. But in terms of the actual experience that you have, I mean, it really is mod- modeled after Camp Winnebago. So you would have, you know, the same activities, right? If you looked at our schedule and you can see it online on our on our website, if you look at our daily schedule, it looks a lot like a Wakwaik schedule. Um, <laughs> but what's different about what's happening in each one of those sessions. So for example, um, an arts and crafts session, um, is that our Vocellis is what we call our camp counselors. Our Vocellis are specifically trained to partner with the child in a way that's gonna help 
dive deeper into some some life skills development. And I know that we do, you do a tremendous job at Waquaic, um, really taking that second step with so many children. Um, the, the difference I think at Camp Cisnani is that the children who by design, the children who are attending um, are coming with a tremendous amount of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, we are using the camp tools to help them work through some of those questions, some of those problems, some of those traumas, and um, become empowered to overcome them and become resilient and, um, and do things that they never thought they could do before. Um, and the other sort of thing that's new at Camp Cincinnati compared to something like a, a Wakeak or any camp in the United States is that specifically we do have two dedicated sessions that we call life skills sessions mm-hmm. um, that are tackling issues like HIV prevention, education, mm-hmm. um, and abuse, and um, leadership and rights and responsibilities, and nutrition, hygiene. And maybe some of those kind of very particular needs that we're meeting um, with our programs that maybe you wouldn't see featured in some of the activities here. And, and those are also activities or, or concentrations that would go on in the clubs afterwards? Yes, exactly. So we have a camp curriculum um, that's data-driven and um, and really intentional about um, making sure that we dive deeply with our campers into these issues and these challenges. And then we also have a youth club curriculum Mm -hmm. that sort of expands and extends the learning and gives campers even more opportunities to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really interesting, and I would love your thoughts on this too. This is a really interesting thing about Camp Cisnani is in South Africa, in that context, the culture um, of, of the education system does not give the sort of interactive, experiential partnering with a child um, approach mm-hmm. and opportunity. And so kids are sort of asked to memorize things. Like they may have a life orientation class, right? Sure. But it's it's memorization and it's rec- recitation. It's not... It's not a conversation. Right. And so they have so many questions that they never mm-hmm. get to ask. And so what the youth clubs, I think, really provide is this opportunity for continuing questions um, as the campers sort of have new experiences and think more deeply about what they've learned. They still have this opportunity to come back to those curriculum pieces mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, I don't think I totally understood that. So um, it's great. Do you find that you have a, that kind of experience with sort of the pedagogy of American schools versus what the way that you approach camp? Yeah. You know, I think you have some great teachers that go a little bit past the that just a test, you know, prepare for the test situation that will ask questions. You know, uh, our boys have gotten a lot of that from coaches, you know, people who are really interested in them and becoming good men more than they were interested in them becoming a good athlete. Um, so, and I think that's what camp does really well. It gives the space and the time for you to have those conversations. Cause those conversations, I think I find they, they happen at the margins. They don't mm-hmm. happen as the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the idea of the clubs, like I'm thinking about the boys and girls clubs in the United States. I'm thinking about young life, which is a club. Uh, it's a Christian club basically, mm-hmm. but for middle schoolers and high schoolers that they meet once a week and they have relationships that they, it lasts for years and years. And so they always have a common point to go back to and say, well, what about this? What about that? So yeah. I think that idea of having a club to check in and do just a temperature check, do a where you at with this idea and have those counselors build relationships. I mean, that to me is what camp's all about. And that's what 
where growth, true growth comes from, because then you can be more intentional because you've been able to bounce ideas off of, you know, people that are near peers, you know, right. they're not, they're not necessarily the, the 56 year old, the, you know, the, the gray hair that's got a life experience, but there's someone that's close enough to relate, but also far enough away that they have some experience to share. Yeah, I think that I could not agree with you more. And one thing that's really important about the way that we've built our program, I think, is just what you're saying. If this isn't um, Emily and Cole, you know, white, you know, sort of middle class or affluent American people going and tell, you know, and having this conversation and, and sort of helicoptering in mm-hmm. and then and then disappearing, which, you know, there are a lot of programs that do a lot of great work um, mm-hmm. who have a model that's like that. But that's just not how we approach it, we approach it much more from the standpoint of we we hire and train young people who are from the neighborhoods mm-hmm. where our campers live. And many of our counselors are former campuses and non-campers who then come back and say, I want to do this work with children. And so we train them. And that's how we sort of continue the culture, right? And and talk about things that are different and similar in American camps versus South African camps. Mm -hmm. One thing that is very similar is that culture is king. I am a Cizanani camper and I wear my colors and I sing my song. (laughs) And, you know, the identity that is so rooted in that culture and those values Mm -hmm. is exactly the same as what I've experienced in American camps, which is so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, our very good mutual friend, David Miller, who's the owner and director at Camp Starlight, he came back from um, a, 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 camp experience with you guys uh, saying he just taught swimming the entire time, you know, and he had an absolute blast. And I know he's actually joined the board there and, and has just absolutely loved it. But he said that it was incredible to watch. He was just a counselor, mm-hmm. you know, and he was incredible to watch all the people from that area take the reins and just do such wonderful work with these young people. It is. It is so inspiring. And I think it's really important because of what you said about this sort of near peer relationship. Mm-hmm. So these are folks who are going to be there. These are from these are people who understand what our campers are going through, who have in many cases gone through it themselves, who have roots that are deep in these communities. And mm-hmm. so it's much easier, I think, for our campers to connect with those near peers and continue the relationship and really ask questions um, that maybe they wouldn't feel so comfortable asking people who are the old gray hairs or, you know, <laughs> from a different, from a different cultural setting. So right. I think it's really important. Well, I keep coming back to this idea that if you teach a person how to fish, mm-hmm. you know, then they can go out and feed themselves and feed everyone around them. It sounds like that's kind of what you all are doing around Africa, um, teaching people how to run a summer camp and how to connect mm-hmm. in their own specific special ways. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great way to sum it up, and and we give it away for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Global Camps Africa is a nonprofit organization that's organized here in the United States, and you don't have to if you want to come and partner with us and and learn what we do and implement it in your own setting. We will train you um, for free because it's important to us that this model and this impact continues. Uh, and the more it spreads, the the better off children everywhere. So, so I'm I'm interested, and we've we've got a relationship with this as a family with an orphanage in mm-hmm. um, in Kenya called First Love, and they've talked a lot about the problems they're having fighting the government. Basically, mm-hmm. the, the government of Kenya is having giving um, their types of centers a, a very difficult time. Do y'all find that there's any pushback from different governmental agencies in Africa for the camps? 
No, actually, South African government has been really supportive of our work. Um, awesome. I think part of that is because we have worked hard to intentionally align our goals with the South African National Plan for mm-hmm. um, dealing with HIV uh, and AIDS in adolescents. And so mm-hmm. we are taking our cues and, and working alongside the South African government um, that now is actually doing really great work in this area. Um, and so we've been, we've been lucky to have good partnerships um, and we've been endorsed by the Ministry of Health in South Africa and we work closely with um, the Department of Education, the Department of Social Development. They really want us to be there doing this work mm-hmm. um, because it reinforces what they have already identified as the, the goals and the needs um, and the lessons that are, are essential for the children and youth in their community. And so I think that we're lucky in that, in that way. We've had great partnership there. That's awesome. Well, and I know one of the big partnerships is uh, working with the members of your board. Yeah, and I, I looked and you've got a lot of people sitting around that campfire that <laughs> got a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of engine underneath the hood there for everybody. How is that, how has camp helped you organize them, um, not manage them, but keep them going in the right direction as executive director, you've got a lot on your plate there. <laughs> well, you're right. We have a fantastic board and it continues to grow and gain strength um and, and it's really exciting and it's one of the great gifts of my life to have such a wonderful board truly um and i will say camp for me the way that it has helped me in my sort of board, my relationship with the board and and has helped our board as a whole as sort of an organizing value and organizing principle is that it, it camp teaches us how to work together Mm-hmm. Right. Camp teaches us how to work together toward a common goal. And I think about Wakwaik and Oliver telling me about his experience, you know, the, the bucket challenge, you know, when you're trying to get water <laughs> down this line, of heat. it's a long line mm-hmm. and it takes everybody doing their part to get the water from here to there. And that's how our board functions. We all play our part. And the other thing that I think, you know, camp really helped me understand was that, um, you know, everybody has a different value and we, we need to listen and pay attention to the different special value that every member of the team brings instead of, you know, so, and I, and I, I don't mean to sound critical, some boards, I think um, the expectation is, well, it's, it's a, it's a check. Everybody's writing a check and it's all about, you know, the financial support, and that is important. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, that's really important. It, it keeps the engine running. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all. That's not all of the value that a board member can bring to an organization like ours. You know, there's a lot of rich expertise and, and care and passion and creativity mm-hmm. <clears throat> and experience doing work in, in, in resource challenge settings and great audit, auditing minds and financial planners. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, a lot of great talent that can be harnessed if we've all got, if we're all pouring our water in the right direction. Right? Absolutely. I think yeah. you can't help us in that way. It's funny, you know, I think about just running our, our own camp and all the pieces that go into it. I can't imagine trying to do this from afar in a different country. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, I was hired by and this organization was started by a camp expert. Um, right. So so that part has been really great. Um, and I think if Bill were here, he would say that at this point, he feels like 
the the sort of operations piece, although he's got his his finger on it and he understands what's going on. And he feels like he has trained the staff there, the South African staff there, and has and they are so capable at this point that they really do they take care of of the camp pieces um, now. And so it's not as though we're running Waquake from 8,000 miles away. We've got a team there of, of very um, expert and well-trained, um, experienced staff with a lot of passion who are putting the, those boots on the ground. And it's it, we could not do it without that team. Oh, that's awesome. So what's the future for Global Camps Africa? Well, I'm glad you asked. So in the immediate future, we are um, running a series of events, um, which is really exciting. This is the first time that we've ever done anything like this. It's a, a virtual speaker series called Global Gatherings. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're going to invite people to come and be around the virtual campfire with us um, from all around the world and um, and connect with some people who have some expertise and, some, and who are thought leaders in really interesting, very diverse areas um, around community resilience and international development and achievement for youth. Um, And I think it's going to be really exciting. So that's coming up starting on April 22nd. Um, And I would love for you, I know you're going to be there because that's absolutely. Um, And the other, in terms of our programming, we've got some really cool stuff going on. So right now in the COVID-19 climate, and I know this is going to resonate for you, Cole, because you've been doing the same thing. Um, trying to connect our campers um, in a way that is meaningful and continues our culture and gives our campers what they need now um, and not waiting until we can be together again in person um, has been the challenge of 2020 and coming on into 2021. So we created a virtual platform um, called Virtual Youth Clubs where we were able to bring our campers onto a platform and organize them in their clubs Mm -hmm. um, and continue to deliver content to them and refer them to needed services and continue to connect with them um, through the pandemic, which has been really exciting and so rewarding and very well received by our campers. And then um, we're also just, we're coming back in person um, for a weekend day camp program um, that is uh, happening every month, uh, one weekend a month, and it's specifically for young women. Um, it's a young women's empowerment camp, and it's all about um, taking young women in these communities that are particularly affected by HIV. Young women, adolescent women are being left behind um, when it comes to um, prevention of HIV. And so we're working specifically, we're targeting that population and working specifically with them to deliver them the tools they need, whether it's financial literacy, entrepreneurship, life skills, education, academic support. We're doing all that work in the weekends and then they get their own cohort of follow-on clubs. So awesome. lots of exciting stuff going on. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. So if, if anybody listening wants to help, how yeah. can they go about that? So first, I would say come to Global Gatherings because we would love to meet you there and and you can learn a lot about Global Camps Africa and the work we do and feel like you belong um, to this really special community um, by joining us there. And so um, I would I would encourage you to just meet up with us um, at at Global Gatherings. And then, um, you know, there are a few ways. So if you've got camp professionals, camp directors, um, camp owners who are listening you can tell them about what it means to be um, in our camp 
supporters program because Laquaic is on the gold level, yes. the highest level um, of supporters um, who, as a camp, have dedicated yourselves to supporting camps in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a um, that's a way for camps to get involved, and um, for families, I really think you know one thing is to um, think about how you might volunteer. Um, and whether that means um, you have older children and you come as a family to South Africa and volunteer as camp counselors um, and work in the in the program itself. We love to, we've had many, many camp families um, come over the years to volunteer with us and, and become part of that community, which has been wonderful. You mentioned David Miller yeah. is one. He came with his daughter, Haley, mm-hmm. um, at twice, actually, and, and it was a wonderful experience. So that's one way to get involved. And then, I mean, if, if you're talking to campers and campers are listening or if families, parents want to get engaged with this, um, with their children, I have a dear friend who has gotten connected to Global Camps Africa and, and loves our mission. And last week, her son came over and dropped off an envelope with $10 in cash on my front door and said, I want my share money this week to go to Global Camps Africa. Oh, awesome. And it's, it's, instilling that value it's teaching our children that they are not powerless you know that they have power to change things and to help other kids um and ten dollars goes a long way and so i think just teaching our children and and getting kids involved in that way is really important and they can share about global camps africa at their own camps and we would love i would love to volunteer to come and visit any camp and tell the campers all about global camps africa and what we do and how they can help that's awesome. Well, I mean, it's it's such an incredible cause, and, and having you know, taken my entire family over to Kenya to work in the orphanage for um, it was ten days over a Thanksgiving break. It was one of the most amazing experiences we've ever had. I can't imagine doing the same thing uh, at, at Global Camps Africa. I mean, <laughs> it would, we would have an absolute blast. Come doing on that. over. So that that's on the list of things to do with the boys, without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. Well, Emily, thank you so much for spending time with me around the campfire and, and sharing more about Global Camps Africa. What you guys are doing is just absolutely incredible. And keep it up. We'll keep supporting and keep trying to beat the drum as best we can for y'all. Thanks, Cole. And thanks for your support. I really appreciate it. And I really hope that everyone will check out Global Gatherings and they can find information about it on our website. Awesome. And I'll share the links uh, all across all the social media and everything else as well. So Great. awesome. Thanks. Emily, thank you. Tell all of our said, hey. I will. Thanks. It's impossible not to become enthused about the power of summer camp when speaking with someone like Emily. Her experience in leading such an incredible team of people is certainly inspiring. As is Phil Lilenthal's encore career, Phil, challenge accepted. I'm excited to actually start planning mine. This is going to be a long way off, I think, but I'm excited about that next phase already. Anyone who has listened to this podcast in the past has heard me say that summer camp is a gift. In fact, when the specific camp is right for the specific camper, I don't know a better gift possible. The gift that Global Camps Africa is providing to children in South Africa is truly life-changing, especially when they bolster the summer camp experience with the ongoing weekly learning. There are so many wonderful opportunities to help children enjoy the gift of camp. Whether you're supporting our favorite summer camp charity here in the U.S., which is SCOPE, which you can find more at scopeusa.org, or our favorite that's helping kids overseas in Global Camps Africa, you can make a world of difference. And since every little bit helps, I suggest you support both. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a review on whichever service you're using. 
The more positive reviews, the more these ideas will spread. Our campfire circle is large enough for everyone. See you next time around the campfire. Until then, be good and do good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.